Rencast number eight, Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair, part one. Another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan of AtTheFair.com, that's fair with an E at the end, and this is the Rencast show number eight, the podcast that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that anyone can have their own podcast. Just ask Mark Gunn. Welcome back to the Rencast, and be sure to drop by anothercrappypodcast.com and click on the world map link and mark your spot on my listener map. It only takes a moment, and it's a great way to let me know where you're listening from. You are listening, aren't you? Oh well. Previously on the Rencast, we covered the Kansas City Renaissance Festival in two parts. It was also the first time I got to talk with some of the people behind the scenes, specifically the entertainment and merchant directors. As you'll see, in coming episodes, the two-parter tradition is going to continue, and I'll also be spending more time with the folks behind the events. Not only does that make the information here more accurate by going straight to the source, it also makes my job easier because I don't have to do as much research, and I, I really like that part. Now today we set the Wayback Machine to May 20th, 2006, as the Rencast drops by for opening day of the Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair in Wentzville, Missouri. Wentzville is about 40 miles west of St. Louis, thus the Greater St. Louis part in the title. The festival is located in the city's Rotary Park, and according to published information, they entertain around 25,000 visitors each year over a four-weekend run. This year they ran weekends from May 20th through June 11th, and I got up real early that first Saturday morning to make a 400-mile journey from Des Moines, Iowa, all the way down to Wentzville. Why? Well, to record interviews for the Rencast, of course, and to promote the regional Renaissance Reporter magazine. Now, with that said, let me get a quick plug out of the way. If you enjoy this podcast, or even if you don't, feel free to show your support by taking out a subscription to the Regional Renaissance Reporter. It's currently published four times a year, and a subscription is only eight bucks, so head on over to www.renreporter.com and sign up today. Without the Ren Reporter, I, I wouldn't be getting to make all these trips to take photos for At the Fair or record interviews for the Rencast. And now back to the show. I first attended the Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair in 2002 when I was performing with a group of three washerwell winches. Back then, the event was three weekends long, and we were booked for the first and third weekends. Now, during the middle weekend, we were performing in Iowa at the Salisbury Fair right here in Des Moines. The first weekend at Winsville became famous for a rather bad spot of weather when it started raining, and then quickly turned a little rain into a little flash flooding. I could do an entire show on stories of that day, just talking about how we literally got trapped there and had to be rescued by the fire department. Suffice it to say, it was a very unique bonding experience, and we all dove in, sometimes quite literally, to try to save merchant tents, performer props, and even animals. To this day, I still proudly wear my Wentzville Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair t-shirt, which says, I survived the flood of 1549. It was truly an experience. Well, flooding aside, things have come a long way in the past uh, few years. And returning in 2006, it was almost hard to recognize it as the same humble event I saw just four years earlier. There was a new entrance bridge, enhanced merchant shops, and new construction throughout the park. All of this was probably more impressive to uh, folks like myself who remembered it when it was just a new event that had only been around a few years. But instead of me trying to tell you about this event, let's spend some time talking with Doug Glenn, the man in charge. I'm Doug Glenn. I'm the executive director of the Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair. Okay, and tell me a little bit about the event. When and how did it get started? Well, this event came about 
from a group from a fencing club. There were three of us who formed the initial board of directors and uh, set up the corporation. We uh, incorporated in May of uh, 1998 and opened the gates here uh, one year later. All right. So uh, obviously, there's probably been a lot of Probably been a lot of changes over the years. How, how much has the event grown since those initial the initial years? We've had pretty steady twenty uh, percent growth every year. Excellent. And so since we're here in two thousand and six, what's what's new and exciting? What should we not miss checking out the festival now and in future years? We've got several acts that are new to this show: uh, Body and Soul from uh, Baltimore. The No Name Jugglers are joining us for the first time. We've got. Our old uh, standards that we count on every year for the celebration, like Three Pints Gone and Elven Drums and uh, about 20 other acts uh, this weekend alone. Okay, and out of all the Renaissance festivals in the world, or at least in the state, what are what is some of the most unique things about the Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair in your mind? Well, one of the really unique things about this fair is we are one of the few that uh, focuses on Renaissance France. Most others do England of Henry VIII or uh, Queen Elizabeth, but we thought we'd tie into the regional heritage of St. Louis and uh, portray the French court. Of uh, Right now we're doing Henri II and Catherine de' Medici. Excellent. Anything else you'd like to add? Well, I'd like to invite everybody to come on down and join in the festivities. Thanks a lot, Doug, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy morning, opening day for your festival, to spend some time chatting with me. Now, speaking of chatting, for the remainder of this episode and part two, I'm going to do things a little differently. Previously, I tried to split up the parts and have one focusing on entertainers and the other one focusing on merchants, but this time I'm going to try to present the interviews in the order that I recorded them so you can kind of get a feel for what my day was like as I wandered through the village and encountered various people, such as this musician, which some of you may be familiar with. Uh, my name is Owen Fife, and right here at the Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair, I am performing the greatest hits of the 16th century. Okay, tell me a little bit about your uh, musical background, your, the group you play with, and what you guys do. I'm the vocalist of a group known far and wide as the New World Renaissance Band. Now, when I'm not with them, they are known among many people as the group Cantiga. But when I join them as the vocalist, we are now, miraculously, the New World Renaissance Band. Now, how long have you guys been playing together? Let me see. I think our first CD came out... CDC, we're speaking in, you know, the magic of Renaissance technology. Our first CD came out in 1991, I believe, which is, it is called Live the Legend, and that is the beginning of our relationship together. And, oh, I'm just actually coming from playing with them at Scarborough Fair in northern Texas. Now, how many discs have you guys put out? Let me see. Uh, I have to count them. I think seven altogether. Okay. And and they have some of theirs when they play instrumentally, again, under the name Cantiga, you know, instrumental recordings. So we could just get the discs from you guys and have a whole Renaissance collection. Can you believe it? Excellent. And uh, how many languages do you know? We do songs in English, Spanish, Italian, French, Latin, German, Welsh, Provençal, Hungarian, Ukrainian, Gaelic, sometimes depending upon... What, you know, the audience has, how much they have imbibed, we might venture into Portuguese or 
other things, or, or Dutch. And how can someone find out more about um, your music? You could come to our website, which is a Nightwatch recording. Let me say that again, because here we are a little bit late in the day, and I'm already slurring my words. Nightwatchrecording.com. Excellent. Any closing comments? No, just that, you know, a little toast for you. It's never too late for a happy childhood. What a great way to start the day. Well, I wandered a little bit further down the lane and approached a bridge and ran into this guy. I am Cardinal Claudio. I am half of a secular, non-secular, dirty sing-along show called Body and Soul. Tell me a little bit about your act. Uh, I am a cardinal, and my compatriot is a lord, and we sing songs with a slightly religious bent that are really, really bent. They are so bent. They are disturbing. It is a not-for-children show. We like to say that it's a kittenishly depraved. And how long have you been doing this type of show? Seventeen years! Okay, rewind seventeen years. What got you attracted to Renaissance festivals to begin with? I like the job security. <laughs> Can't. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, no, I like, um, it was the interaction, the ability not just to do a performance, but to talk to people on the street, to live, live that character. Excellent. And how can somebody learn more about your act? How They can come see me and talk to me. And um, they can also uh, look for uh, me at the Connecticut Renaissance Festival, the Florida Renaissance Festival, and this festival, and look for my compatriot Lord Percival at King Richard's Fair in Massachusetts, the Bristol Renaissance Festival in Wisconsin, the Florida Renaissance Festival, and this festival. He likes this festival so much. Job he security. It Job security. Any, any closing comments? Uh, buy good shoes. It's the most important thing at a Renaissance festival. Thank you for your time. Your, your souls can never be thick enough. Ah, yes, always good advice. Well, wandering down a bit further into a little uh, alleyway, I noticed a merchant that I was familiar with. Not only had I seen them at this event a few years earlier, I also bought a pouch from them a few years before that at the Kansas City Renaissance Festival. Name's uh, Tracy Nielsen. I run Tickle Your Fantasy Leatherwork out of Kansas City. Do, uh, as I put on my business cards, whatever I can get away with. A little of this, a little of that. How long have you been vending at festivals? Um, well, I started out doing illustrations in like 85, so I've been doing it for about 20 years. Switched over doing the leather work about 15 years ago. I just always kind of broke even, didn't make a lot of profit with the illustrations. They liked them, but they didn't want to buy the originals. But uh, now I'm fighting to get back to doing some illustrations. What's your most popular item? Oh, it's hard to tell. I'd, I'd do bags and boots, and uh, they, they sell pretty, pretty evenly. Yeah, I have one of your bags from many years ago. Still holds up really well. Great, yeah. great, nice my, soft bag. My wife's complaint: they don't, they never wear out. They just get dirty. Yeah, it's not the best business model, but hey, we like it. Now, as I walked away, I uh, went around the the corner a little bit, and I noticed something very familiar. It was a particular sign promoting the schedule of a soap opera. Uh, well, listen, you'll see. I'm Joseph Skeen. I'm a soap maker. What kind of soap do you make? Homemade, basic. Uh... Lye soap with all vegetable base. And the name of the shop? Ivy Soapworks. And how long have you been making soap? Uh, what is it, eight years now? Eight or nine. Eight or nine. What do I have to ask them to get more than a four-word answer? I don't know. <laughs> this is this is a riveting interview. Tell me a little bit about Ivy Soapworks. Well, Ivy Soapworks started with my wife, Anne, 
when she started making bath salts for herself. And from there, we, she started selling them because we had too many in the house. And from there, people started asking for soap. And we uh, made a batch of plain old-fashioned lye soap. And it turned out well, so we hit the ground running. And Why Renaissance festivals? More fun plus more money. Uh, then what? Craft shows. Really? Yeah, craft shows. Uh, and plus, I like the heckling aspect because at Renaissance festivals, I can question men's like question guys' manhood and shame them into taking their woman in to buy soap for them and, and stuff. And it's fun. At craft shows, if you look at somebody and go, hi, they will turn around and walk away. And what is your favorite part about doing this at a festival? My favorite part about Renaissance festivals? Yes, vending at a festival. Um, I think the interaction with the customer. There's just, I don't know, you get to know your customer a little better. You get to know what they like and what they prefer. <laughs> and then on top of that, you get to joke with them. You get to, I don't know, you get to have a little more of a friendly aspect rather than just selling. Excellent. And just selling gets boring. So you like to converse and talk with your customer. So it's all about the fun. The profit is merely a side effect. The profit is a very nice side effect. And so, yes, that is part of it, but it's not the only reason. So as soap merchants at a Renaissance Festival, I bet you guys really clean up. Oh, <laughs> uh, I knew you were going there. Uh, I'll be leaving now. <laughs> yeah, I uh, guess you just had to be there. Well, speaking of being there, I walked a bit further, and I noticed a uh, lovely woman, all clad in some kind of spandex acrobatic outfit, and that caught my attention. And when I realized who she was and that she was going to be one of the performers that will be visiting the first permanent festival in Iowa later on this fall when the Des Moines Renaissance Fair opens Labor Day weekend, I just had to stop and chat with her. Um, I'm Isabella from the Aerial Angels, and I'm a fire eater, bullwhip cracker, partner acrobat, aerial silk, and aerial hoop performer. And right here is my partner, Lady. Hi. And tell them what you do, Lady. I am a acrobat in training, an aerial hoop and aerial silk performer, and I'm a brand new fire eater. What, what made you pick up fire eating? Um, I got to see, well, what made me pick up any of this is Isabella. <laughs> so you're, you're the reason. Yeah. I used to be a dancer. Well, I mean, I, I'm still a dancer, but I was a dancer for 18 years, and then I went to a circus show, and I walked up to this crazy lady with flaming red hair, and I said, wow, how did you all get started in this? And she said, well, guess what? We're actively hiring, so stay right there. And then she ran away, and then she came back, and she said, well, how do you get started in the circus? Climb that piece of fabric and find out, and here I am today. Okay, now, how did the Aerial Angels get started? Started. The Aerial Angels got started because uh, myself and two other young women were really into a form of dance called contact improv where you uh, do lifting and falling and throwing and catching and it's all made up spontaneously both in rehearsal and performance. We started bringing in some aerial equipment as a way to play during the contact improv, discovered that we liked the aerial stuff better than the contact improv. Um, I had been a Renaissance Festival performer since the age of 15 and actually toured full-time on the circuit so for about 10 been years. So you've only like 10 years then. <laughs> yeah. See, there you go. And um, uh, about four years ago, we made the Aerial Angels show and um, got it all put together, and, uh, and, and, it, and it was great. Saint we're here at St. Louis right this minute. Um, in fact, we are standing in front of the beautiful Gallery d'Imagination uh, shop with beautiful Ooh. paintings. And um, we came to St. Louis because I thought, well, hey, we're enjoying doing this aerial thing. We should do some Renaissance festivals, because I had done Renaissance festivals for a number of years. And um, it kind of grew, and now we're a woman-owned, collectively operated company employing 10 people, uh, five of whom work full-time, and uh, we also have three interns and two what we call associates 
associate artists who are full-time professional performers, but who are not full-time with us. Uh, this year, we're running two teams simultaneously the majority of the summer. Um, we're traveling as far south as Key West, as far north as Anchorage, Alaska, as far east as Des Moines, Iowa, and as far west as Prague, Czech Republic. And where are you based so. out of? Kalamazoo, Michigan. Kalamazoo, Michigan. And yeah. how can somebody find out more about the Ariel Angels? They can go to our website at www.angelsintheair.com. Um, and we also have a MySpace page under Ariel Angels. All right. Thank yeah. you for your time. Thank you. And uh, thank, thank you. you, Renaissance Regional Reporter. It's been great talking to you. Woo! I love John right. Paul. Yes, yes, that's right. You heard correct. She did say, I love John Paul at the very ending. Uh, she was reading a button on my... Uh, Best. Now, speaking of the portrait gallery that was right behind us, I uh, decided I'd pop in and take a look around. And what I saw were lots of pretty things, including one at the counter. My name's Alicia Clardy, and I actually own Galleria de Imagination here at the St. Louis Renaissance Festival. And what is Galleria de Imagination? Um, I actually have different artists that send me all of their different artwork, including Nene Thomas, Ruth Thompson, Ellie Williams, John Kaufman, Mike Cole, Heather Breton, and Kim Fritz. Oh, it's a Renaissance art store. Yes, basically. Um, they send me their artwork. I actually sell it for them. I take a small little piece of it and send them all the money so that they uh, actually have another place to sell their artwork. That's excellent. How long have you been doing this? Uh, this is my fourth year. Why Renaissance festivals? Um, I actually enjoy going to Renaissance festivals, and this is my home city, so I figured... Uh, Ruth Thompson actually walked up to me and said, Hey, should I sell at this fair? And I said, Hey, why don't I sell for you? Oh, excellent, excellent. And what is your favorite thing about selling at a Renaissance festival? I can find a place to sit down. Oh, that's why you had to build the building. Yeah, exactly. How can somebody learn more about, about you or this? Uh, learn more? Well, they definitely can come in and see all the different artwork here at the Renaissance. But uh, they can also go to uh, www.stlrenfair.com. Um, and I also help on the volunteer and help with the merchants and actually uh, help with uh, who gets selected to come in here. So. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you for your time. You're very welcome. All right, merchants, that's the lady you got to kiss up to. Uh, speaking of kissing up, I also had to stop outside and uh, take a look at a portrait that was currently being painted. It wasn't of me, but it was still pretty good. Who are you and what do you do here? Well, my name is Dawn Marie Blades. My name at the fair is Del Sibylla, and I'm a portrait artist. And you do portraits of what? I do portraits of cast members right now as a demonstration, but I will also take commissions from any patron. All they have to have is a photograph that we prepared to agree on, a deposit, uh, usually about half the cost of the painting, and about an eight-week delivery time. Now, how long have you been uh, involved with Renaissance festivals? I've been actively working at Renaissance festivals for about ten years. I've been fringing at Ren Fairs starting with, good heavens, 1986 when Holly Ren Fair got their Hard sight. Is that Michigan? Michigan Renfair. Used to be Holly. Excellent. And what's your favorite thing about uh, festivals? I like the interaction with the people. I like the, the shift from fantasy and reality and watching their faces. Any closing comments? Um, no, other than I think this is absolutely charming. And you are a terribly, terribly sweet person, and I'm sorry we haven't seen each other more. Oh, there you go. This is why I do it, folks. <laughs> You see, I actually used to see her and her husband at other events, including some in Iowa, many, many years ago. And I, I, I thought that he looked familiar, and I, I thought that she looked familiar, and gosh darn it, it turns out they were familiar. But sometimes my memory fails me. I found another merchant in a hair braiding booth, and I just knew I knew her, but she didn't know me, or maybe she wouldn't admit to it when the recorder was running. 
My name is Tressa Bratel or Rapunzel, and I do hair braiding at Strands of Time. And how long have you been uh, braiding hair in general? Mm, about 32 years. You started when you were one? What? When I was about five. Okay, and how long, uh, <laughs> how long have you been involved with Renaissance festivals? Five years. Five years. And mm -hmm. what, what made you go, ooh, Renaissance Festival? Mm, I worked in a salon with someone who braided at Renaissance Festivals, and she needed someone to help, so I helped her, and then I ended up taking it over when she quit. Okay. <laughs> Do you like it? Yeah, I love it. It's the best job I ever had. And going from the best job she ever had to the best pair of boots I ever had, I noticed a, a booth kind of up on the hill on a corner with tons of leather thingies hanging everywhere, and I just knew it had to be Wren Boots. Uh, we're with Wren Boots. My name is Roger Brown. We sell uh, leather goods, boots, hats, gloves, baldricks, the whole shebang. So. Okay, now tell me a little bit about uh, Wren Boots. How long has it been around? Um, I believe the company's been around for around six years or so. And they, they started just a little small. Mall, uh, you know, doing some of the real local fairs, and uh, just found a, a market and a niche, and we've got gotten to do all, all kinds of custom boots, and uh, we've now partnered with Excalibur Leather out of California, and that's where all our hats and accessories come from, and it's just been a really great thing. We've expanded all the way out doing New York, and, and of course Excalibur has our stuff in the, the, the California fair, so we're coast to coast almost, really. <laughs> it's great. Now, tell me a little bit about the uh, legendary Wren boots. What makes them so special? Oh, for one, I do stage combat, and I wear rim boots on stage, so the durability factor is one of the things. Um, we've got a whole bunch of different styles for the different uh, different looks that you're looking for, but all of them, uh, all of my high end, got the cowhide, the durability factor. They have a Vibram sole on them, uh, so the durability is really good on the sole. They do have an inner sole, so if you can wear through it, uh, you can most any cobbler can resole them for you. So you know that's a really good thing and really when you're doing that stage or SCA people and stuff are looking for something you put a lot of torque on that shoe side to side and those are the ones that you want to be in so now I bought a pair of Wren boots um, last year at a festival in Oklahoma also uh -huh. bought a hat uh, my, my partner oh, in the Bart comedy show bought boots our, our publisher bought boots we're all big Fantastic. big fans right. and and what was the deal about the bottoms of the shoes what they were the uh, like the brand or something? What was uh, Vibram? Yeah. Vibram soles. Actually, you find Vibram soles on a lot of um, work boots and stuff, uh, like the construction and stuff like that because of the durability. Uh, I believe they're, they've got all kinds of resistance to different chemicals and stuff, too. Okay. So that's one of the reasons that we use those is they're, they're you know, Vibram having such a durability to them. So. Okay. And uh, you guys have made some special boots for some, some promotion. Oh, yeah. Stuff. We do. Yeah, we do custom stuff. As a matter of fact, um, we've got the Captain. Morgan boots, the live action Captain Morgan commercial that they had, we did the boots for. And uh, we have, of course, on the ad, they have the heels on them, which we can do. Um, but we kind of, we've got a couple of different styles with the Vibram sole on them as well um, that look really good. They've got the buckles, we can do them in different colors and, you know, just some different stuff we can alter for you as well. And, and what's the price range of the, the Wren boots from low to the most expensive thing you've ever done? Um, I've got a couple of ladies' styles that start around 90 or so. The men's styles start around 130 
and our most expensive boot is uh, 350. Hey, that's so, what I have. Yeah, all right. There you go. Yes. <laughs> the real good ones with lots yes. of fancy stuff on them. You know, so. I used mine to stomp out a plastic fire. I was foolish, but hey, there's some fine little specks of melted plastic on them. But those well, things, those things, still went, good to go. They went through more in six months than what I would have put on them in about five years of wearing because we were doing some really oh, intense yeah. things in there for Yeah, and I wear mine all year long. Okay, so. anything else you want to add? I. How do, we, how do we find out more about Rin Boots? Oh, well, you can catch us online at RinBoots.com or, you know, uh, just look us up. we got all our contact information there. We also have ads and Regional Renaissance Reporter and, uh, you know, all kinds of places. So Renaissance ca Magazine, catch you us, can say it. Yeah, Renaissance Magazine. We play well with everybody. Yeah, you know, and all the local fairs, you know, a lot of them we've got ads in. And, you know, look us up at fair. You can try them on right there, see what you like. Even if you don't buy them, catch us online. Excellent. So. Thank you for your time. Thank you. And if it matters, I bought my Rin boots before they were an advertiser in the Regional Renaissance Reporter, and I do like them. Another thing I like is festivals that serve alcohol, and the Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair does indeed have a liquor license. My name is Guy Zenter. I'm a bartender for the Knights of Columbus for the pub at the St. Louis Renaissance Fair. And uh, tell me a little bit about this pub. Well, it was erected uh, in the third year. This is our one, seventh year. And how many different types of drinks do you serve? We've got uh, five different beers, two ciders, four wines, and mead. What's the most popular drink here? Uh, get a bl uh, black and tan is fairly popular, which is a combination of Bass Ale and uh, Murphy Stout. Okay. And um, what brand mead do you sell? Bunratis. Is that good? Yes. I guess we're about to find out since I bought two. Um, and so when people stop by the Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair, they should come and buy their beer here. Why? Here? Yeah. There's only two pubs, and we've got them both. Excellent. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Ah, mead. That was really good, too. Now, I staggered up the lane a little bit, and I saw a guy hitting a rock. Not because he was mad at the rock, but because he was determined to turn this rock into something more pretty than, say just a rock. Uh, my name is Micah Edge and I, uh, I'm a stone sculptor. The, the company is called Edgestone and the theme is creative artifacts. I am uh, creating things that look like ancient artifacts basically. Mostly Celtic art uh, and some of my own original designs. So your tool is a piece of metal and a hammer? Yes, now, piece of metal and a hammer. Now how long have you been doing this? I've been stone sculpting for about seven years. Okay, and uh, have you been involved with Renaissance Festivals for a while? This is my third. This is my fourth Renaissance Festival. Fourth, okay. What made you think, hmm, I think I should pound stones at a Renaissance Festival? Well, it was a great outlet, actually, as for an art student to sell his art. Excellent. Do you, do you enjoy the people? Uh, absolutely. Okay, the best kind of people. What, what's your favorite part about doing this at festivals? Uh, the demonstrations. The ability to demonstrate the, the craft in front of people. Okay, and how can somebody learn more about what you do? Go to school for art. <laughs> I don't know. No, learn about you and what <laughs> oh, you do. Oh, oh. Um, to learn about me and what I do, you'd have to come to the St. Louis Renaissance Festival. And you're stationed nearby the pub. Absolutely, the best place. That's why everybody Between will be Between the pub aware. and the restrooms. Oh, excellent. <laughs> thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. And then right down the lane was a lady I know I'd met before. In fact, I think I bathed with her once in Illinois, but you'd have to ask her for that story. I'm Brigitte, I'm the voluptuous Viking, and what do I do here? Well, today, usually I'm, I'm making some type of clothing to sell at the Renaissance Fair. Tell me what you sell. I sell swanky clothes. Swanky? Swanky clothes uh, for ladies and men and little kids. And there are all kinds of styles from medieval Europe all the way up through the Renaissance. 
And how long have you been doing this? I've been doing this for probably longer than you've been alive. That's <laughs> Thank you. I've been doing this for about 20 years. How can we learn more about the voluptuous Viking? You can go to my website, which is www.thwackug.com, and that's where you can find all things voluptuous. Or you can email me directly at thwackug at earthlink.net. That's T-H-W-A-C-K-U-G-H. Hey, can you read? Well, Stuart, I love John Paul. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit this down I now. thought, Sorry. I thought that was why he had the button Somebody on, gave but, it to me because yeah. I'm so into myself apparently. Anyway, I think that's about it for part one, which means you can look forward to part two of interviews from the Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair just as soon as I get around to um, editing them together and... Uh, publishing them. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time, so be sure to visit atthefair.com, that's fair with an E at the end, where you can browse over 31,000 digital pictures I've taken at Renaissance festivals around the Midwest, including this one. And if you want to drop me a note, visit anothercrappypodcast.com and send me some feedback. This has been the Rincast, show number eight, Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair, part one. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the fair. Another crappy podcast production. The music used at the beginning and the ending of this podcast is Packington's Pound by the Orcs and Trolls. To learn more about this and other equally exciting uh, podcasts, be sure to visit www.anothercrappypodcast.com. If you'd like some print to go with this audio, be sure to check out the Regional Renaissance Reporter a quarterly magazine dealing with all things Renaissance Festival-related, now in its seventh issue. A one-year subscription is just 8 bucks, and two years is a mere $14. So subscribe today, or we'll kill the otter. You can learn more at www.renreporter.com. If there was anything else we had to mention or plug, we'd be plugging and mentioning it right now. If you have something we should mention or plug, be sure to contact us because we have space to fill. Thirty minutes coming up now.